0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so glad to have you with us today. Who knew that being called to the mission field meant that you needed to be an expert in so many things? On today's episode, we're going to discuss one of the most requested topics that we've received to date finances. Let's get started. In Proverbs 3, 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruit of all thine increase. We know it. We teach it. We preach it. But when it comes to finances, we still struggle with it. I won't even insult your intelligence by trying to give you statistics on how often Jesus talked about money or how important it is in the Bible. You know it because you teach it. Interestingly enough... It is still the second most requested topic that we've had to date. Like some of the other topics that we've already explored on previous shows, this is a big topic that's going to require more than one show in order to explore. We already have separate shows scheduled on retirement and other financial issues, but we have to start somewhere. On today's episode, we're going to start at square one. We're going to talk with Brother John O'Malley, General Director of Worldwide New Testament Baptist Missions, about missionary money trouble. And then we're going to follow that up by talking with the owner of Maverick Financial Services, Kelrick Johnson, about budgeting on an income that's not so stable. Let's get started. Joining us today is John O'Malley. Brother O'Malley is the General Director of Worldwide New Testament Baptist Missions. He pastored in Alabama as well as serving on the mission field of Grenada where they planted two churches. Brother O'Malley is a preacher, author, and fellow podcaster. Brother O'Malley, it's great to have you
1: with us today. It's my delight to join you, Brother Johnson.
0: It seems like missionaries constantly struggle with not having enough money, is this just a part of missionary life, or is it a problem that we should pay more attention to?
1: I think your question is, gives proper weight to both aspects of this. Meaning, one, sometimes it is a part of the stretch or the conflict that God puts us through to help us to trust him more. But sometimes, and probably more often than not, because God doesn't have a problem providing for us, sometimes it's just poor stewardship. Sometimes it's poor stewardship in the sense of planning, that that missionary felt like that they could get by with $1,000 less than what they should have when conventional wisdom said, consider this, and they kind of figured out a way to justify why they wouldn't need that. And so with poor planning, they could get themselves into quite a pickle. Sometimes it is poor stewardship and purchasing. I don't mean to make this sound sermonic, you know, with two Ps already, but the fact is, is that um, sometimes a missionary will become greedy and make reckless purchases against wisdom. I think when we look at this, I think the missionary has to consult with his pastor and sit down and say, preacher, what do you think about this? Listen to the advice. Ask somebody already on the field where you're going if if you have that benefit. Ask them what do you think about this purchase? Is this wise to do it this way? Because if we get ourselves into poor financial standing because of a silly purchase that we've made that was preventable, then by all means, run it on ourselves, and that's that's a poor place to be. Sometimes the financial struggles can also be something totally out of your hands, and that is currency devaluations. When that occurs, that's serious. And it's not that the missionary didn't plan. Maybe he had a six or seven percent uh, buffer in his budget to allow that. And then all of a sudden, devaluation occurs, and now it's what was costing him eighty-eight cents to buy now costs him a dollar sixty-six to buy, and he's struggling. He he planned, he made provision, but it wasn't quite enough, and. So when we look at this, yes, money problems sometimes are there to help us grow. Money problems sometimes are there because we brought them on ourselves. When they are preventable, then what we have to do is correct the behavior. And the behavior is plan better, spend less, and be frugal because you never know what will come. The ability for God to provide is never in question. It's just our management.
0: You know, that brings up an interesting point because— A lot of times when you're on deputation or you meet missionaries that are on deputation, maybe it's going slowly for them and it's taken a while to get to 70 or 80% support. And then you'll hear missionaries say, hey, you know what? We're going on this date regardless, and we're just going to trust God. Can you just talk a little bit more about how that plays in, that thought between I'm just going to go and trust God and actually not planning and preparing properly?
1: You know, this question uh, requires a large context. We want missionaries to have faith. There's no question about it. It's going to take faith to get them down the aisle the first time when they submit to the call of God. It will take faith to get them out on the first meeting of deputation. It will take faith to get them from the deputation stage to getting onto the fields, and it will take faith for them to do furlough. So we never want to penalize just a precious balance against that faith that says, should I make proper provision now so there is complete liberty to conduct a ministry as God has led us to con- conduct it? So while it sounds adventuresome, and even hearkening back to days of great missionaries— who took bold steps of faith. God has given us the ability and the desire to go to that field. He has the provision. So when we talk about getting to the field quickly, my question is, whose quickly are we talking about? Again, forgive the adverb there, but whose time pace are we in? If this is, if this is God's timing, then there is no hastening. It is within His time frame. Your eagerness, should not be relabeled as faith. Your eagerness ought to just say, I will work harder to get to the full amount. If you pause and you properly plan for your budget, why should you revise the numbers in order to say, I want to get to the field sooner? If your child was so petulant, you would spank them and send them to their room for not being patient. So then why would we reward that? in the church setting for the same Petulance, stay with the Course.
0: When missionaries come off the field, it can be for a host of different reasons. But what part does money problems play in missionaries coming off of the field for good?
1: I would say family issues play the largest role. Perhaps health would be even higher. Uh, And if you tie those two together, so family slash health would be even more than seeing money problems keep someone off the field where they don't return. I'll say it that way, because honestly, you will see God provide. There's no question he will provide. But if you went to the field with three hundred dollars a month and you've got a family of 12 and you "Well, bless God, we're going to make it. Well, that was that was foolishness it was foolishness on your part. It was foolishness for you not to listen to your pastor who probably advised you against it, and you will come home at that point. So it comes down to money problems will take a man or woman off the field permanently if they just didn't listen to advice. And yet we say that these same who will go to the field and lead people to Christ and disciple them, if you're the guy you can't even manage your money, and you can't even handle the responsibilities of your own family. How are you going to teach someone else to raise their family and the nurture and admonition of the Lord? And how are they going to be able to manage their home and even then become the church planter helper who takes over for that guy, the next guy that comes along to take that ministry that you're starting? You're shooting yourself in the foot by not preparing yourself financially. But that number, Brother Johnson, in our, I'm talking about 25 years with Worldwide, Looking at our families, if I only have that as my data set, the number skews very low in order to be able to have someone come off permanently because of money. Before
0: we finish up, tell us about your podcast that you have.
1: Well, I want to talk to you about the Ministry, ministry Talks is the name of the podcast, as well as the old podcast. Ministry Talks is a Simple with real people about real life ministry. And I encourage you to go to ministrytalks.com and check it out. You can also go to johnomalley.me and link to my personal podcast, where it's oftentimes our messages that have been a help or a strength or an encouragement to others. So, two podcasts, ministrytalks.com and the O Podcast. You can find them both on iTunes.
0: Brother O'Malley, thank you so much for joining us today. This information has been awesome. And I know it's going to be a help to many missionaries. We certainly appreciate you taking the time to share the information with us.
1: It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Our guest is Kelrick Johnson. Kelrick is the CEO and founder of Maverick Financial Concepts, a financial management and counseling organization started to help people get in control of their finances. Maverick regularly works to help Christians by giving financial talks and seminars in churches. Kelrick, thank you for being with us today.
2: Oh, my pleasure, William. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, many missionaries feel that their finances are kind of beyond their control, if I were to say to you, you know, Calrick, I just spend what comes in each month until it's gone. A budget for me is really kind of useless. What would you say to that? It's not
2: just missionaries, because you have to remember that money is just like every other topic, especially for a Christian. We have to get God involved in that. Uh, in the Bible, there's tons of principles about budgeting, for example, counting the cost and then there's secular references. We know that people that don't have a budget tend to spend more money and to spend it more impulsively. And that usually leads to people making mistakes and uh, making decisions that they really wouldn't have made if they thought things through. And I know things are tighter for missionaries because they're living on uh, what we refer to as a fixed income, so to speak, but they also live on a flexible income. So it's really important that you take the time to sit down and figure out what your needs are, what things are important to get to. And if money gets tight, what things should I cut? And to do it in a systematic way, especially if you're married. That's one of the other things that uh, can cause some strife. When your spouse doesn't know what's going on from day to day, it's hard for them to make good financial decisions which tends to lead to arguments and strife and that kind of thing, and we hate to see that happen, where you can sit down, create a budget, uh, do it together uh, to make sure that you've accounted for all the different moving pieces, because it's easy to remember to do the things that you do normally, but it's sometimes harder when you have someone else, uh, your spouse is trying to spend out of that same money, they're trying to make wise decisions, and it keeps that constant communication back forth so that as things get tighter, it's easier for you to make the big decisions together to make sure that the money is flowing. And that's really the importance of a budget. And it keeps you from making those mistakes because you have a common point to focus on.
0: You know, Kellogg, you, you brought up an interesting point because we as missionaries are on a fixed income because really it, it can't move. It's based on the amount of churches that support us. But really, it's kind of a variable income, too, because From month to month, we don't know which churches are going to send support or maybe miss a month of support, or some churches send us support quarterly or sometimes even once every six months. So how is it even possible to really set up a budget when you don't know exactly what you can count on each month?
2: I know it seems unique to missionaries, but my wife is a realtor and we have that same kind of struggle because it's the, the inconsistent or a variable income. So it, it does take extra planning and you outline what the most important things are. So that way you can cover those on a monthly basis. For example, rent. You want to make sure your vehicles, the things that are important are always taken care of first. And then you move on to some of the things that can be more variable or more flexible. Food is always one of those food and groceries. That's always one of those gray areas because, yes, we have to eat and there's definitely important things that you need to cover, but it's also can be a little bit more flexible. And if you know that your, um, your set budget is X and Y comes in, sometimes you get a little bit more. If you build your budget on less than coming in instead of everything that's coming in, when you do have those variables, then you're able to make your, your budget that's at a lesser percentage so that you can hit that target. And then when you have more coming in, uh, you may have to set aside some. Uh, that also comes into play when you have income coming in, like you said, on a quarterly or an annual basis you have to take those like an annual, like a love offering. Uh, you, you may go, you know, when you're back in the States, or you may get some just money coming in unexpectedly, you may need to sit that aside so that you can cover those months when things are a little bit tighter.
0: You know, that's that's so true, and it's such a good point. But for many of us, we would say, you know, I've tried a budget before. I've downloaded the little sheets online where I work down the boxes and fill everything in, and it lasts maybe a week or two weeks, or then an emergency comes up, and it's out the window. You know, why should I even try and do that again?
2: Uh, Yes, that's a a great question, again, because uh, a lot of people feel that way. Budgeting by no means is a task that missionaries only struggle with or people with variable income only struggle with. People all over the country slash all over the world struggle with budgeting. And what we've found is that people tend to budget to too much detail. And I know that sounds funny, but when you go from nothing to all of a sudden trying to put every penny in a slot that's, let's say, 30 categories, it's just too much. And it just leads to – it leads to failure. It's very much like trying to run a marathon when you're 50 pounds overweight and sitting on a couch. You don't get up and go out and run 26 miles, even though we know the human body is capable of it because people do it all the time. It takes training. It takes conditioning. And that's what we found that helps people stick to a budget. We've developed a system that's basically three categories. And anyone can budget to three categories, and it's very simple to keep track of and know where you are on a monthly basis as you progress through and spend your money. That way, when you hit those big milestones, you're more aware and more accountable. And those are two key things that helps that a budget helps with, is to be aware of where my money's going and that accountability factor that I'm spending it the way that I've decided ahead of time that I want to spend it.
0: I've never heard anyone say that before, that you're budgeting to too much detail because every budgeting sheet that I've always thought of, the the more detailed it is, the better. You get down to, okay, I'm going to spend $2 on this category and I'm not going to go over. It's going to blow up my whole budget. Tell us a little bit more about this system that you're talking about of three categories as opposed to every line item.
2: Yes, I get that question a lot. It does sound counterintuitive, but if you think about it, there are people that do budget to that level of detail, and they're good at it, and there's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of us struggle to take the time to get to that level of detail and the understanding, and many times it's not necessary. We break it down to three basic categories, your needs, your wants, and your desires, so that you have a system for moving money around, for example, your needs which are just that the things that are most important and we feel that that should take up about 50 percent of your budget then you have your wants which are things that are a little more flexible the things that you don't have to have but the things that make life fun and those are oftentimes just as important as your needs you may feel but when you have to make a decision you want to be sure to make the right one and then the third category is your desires And those are the things that you want to accomplish. If I have the money coming in, these are the nicer things that I want to do. But when I have that shortfall, but in there, we also place in the desires is saving for the future, Uh, which I know as missionaries can be tough, but it's still things that you really have to think about. So as you're developing that budget, your needs, wants, and desires, we call it the 50-30-20, 50% on your needs, 30% on your wants. 20% on your desires, it just gives you a gauge for how to break up your income and to plan your spending. That way, when you have to make the tough decision, you have the basis for doing that so that I know this may not get done this month because it's not quite as important, but I know I have the basics covered. The other thing that missionaries have to face is their finances, oftentimes the finances of the church or the, the work that they're doing. So they have a little added struggle. So you have to be especially careful on how you make those decisions. But once you get a good basis for those decisions, it's much easier to control your
0: finances. You know, that's really great information. Let me just ask you one more question and we'll finish up. You know, where do emergencies play in? Because I think that's really the big thing that scares everybody i do all of this work to try and get everything together and then the car breaks down or the kids need to go to the doctor and i wasn't expecting it and it just kind of blows everything apart how do i plan for an emergency
2: great question a very real life question we do handle that in two ways if you think of the 50 30 20 needs wants and desires In the desire section is where we start to build up what we call our emergency fund or our savings so that when events happen that are unexpected, I've got a small cushion that I can pull from. And, yes, sometimes they're bigger than your small cushion, but a lot of times if you know that you have that sitting there, you've saved and set aside a little bit, um, it can cushion that blow. And also if you think about the structure of the 50-30-20 If you're taking care of your needs, that 50%, that core amount, then it's a lot easier to work with uh, emergencies that you may have to take away from the want fund. You may have to shift. Maybe I won't be able to pay this off because I've got to go do something else. Those are tough decisions to make, but it's a lot easier to make that decision when you know that the basics, the needs, the 50%, are already taken care of each month, month in, month out. Instead of having a lot of people just, they spend until there's no more. So when they run out, they're in a fix and they have to go to, uh, in some cases, credit cards. In other cases, they have to call people and borrow money and things like that. But if you set it aside correctly, when those things pop up, uh, those decisions are a little bit easier to make.
0: Wow, that's terrific information. Now, for all of our listeners, our podcast is partnered with Maverick Financial Services. Kelrick, who is also my brother, has generously offered a free financial counseling session to any missionaries who'd like to talk with a professional about the challenges that they're facing with their finances. He's very happy to make that offer available through the end of May of 2018. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that offer may or may not still be available. Calvert, can you tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you?
2: Uh, The best way to get in contact with me is email, kelrick.johnson, dot Johnson .johnson at maverickfinancialconcepts.com. If you'd like to give me a call, my cell phone number is 703-963-2137. We just like to talk to people, find out where they are, where they need help, and just see how we can help them maybe get a better understanding. A lot of times we help people in specific situations. How do I set this up or what's a good way for me to do this? And we just like to help people. So feel free to give us a call or contact us or email. We can set up a time to talk.
0: Kelward, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks you. All right. You might be saying, uh-oh, he had to go to his brother. He must be at the bottom of the barrel for guests. As much as it pains me to say it, my brother is really knowledgeable about the subject. And he agreed to help missionaries at no charge. How can I pass on a resource like that for you? I hope that the information from both of our guests was a blessing today. We're looking forward to digging deeper into the topic on future shows. Our next show is our last show before the holidays, and we've been excited to get to this one all season long. Tanya Crossman author of misunderstood the impact of growing up overseas in the 21st century is going to be joining us and talking about raising third culture kids you will not want to miss this one we hope that you'll join us